Chapter 2 The Fruit of the Great Vine Life is suffering, I told Dionysus. Don't know if I'd say it like that, but rather creation requires growth, and growth contains pain. How else would the flower bloom if it only stayed the same? The art is to embrace suffering without judgment, with appreciation in the perfection of the laws of the universe, which includes our own heart-breaking. We are human, and the awakening of our spirit requires pain. Then your true nature recognizes this experience as genuine and sane, said Dionysus. But it doesn't make any sense. Which part? asked Dionysus. The boy relaxed from his bird posture and stood beside me while a smile beamed from his face. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that we're trapped in hell. Or that you want to put all our faith in a bird. Or maybe it's the fact that your viewpoints are based on a theoretical code that may or may not exist. Which, by the way, is a code for ancient gardening instructions. Well, do you believe in birds? asked Dionysus. Birds? I don't know what I believe. Is anything real? Nature is real, and birds are part of nature. Maybe start and tell me what you're feeling, said Dionysus. Well, I'm confused. What if you're not confused enough, said Dionysus. I think I've gone insane, and this place is not what it seems. I cannot even describe it, because this hallucination is more than a vivid dream. What's wrong with dreams? And I'm certain this cave is real rock. Don't tell me you don't like a good dream. Hey, you ever heard a vine talk? asked the boy. I looked at Dionysus shocked. A vine talk? You mean a vine stalk? Oh goodness, I was losing it again. I'd forgotten about how far a hallucination can mislead the mind space. I couldn't even remember who I was. You're Levi, right? said Dionysus. Oh, I must have forgot. My puny brain couldn't hang on because this never-ending nightmare continued to dupe me every chance it got. See, this whole nightmare was like a grand play, but it did have some smarts. Why, yes, this mad dream was intelligent, and I was stuck beside an imaginary transforming beast with a human boy's heart. Oh, I remember now. Dionysus cut me off. I'm a satyr. A what? I heard you thinking, wondering what I am. Well, that's it. I'm a satyr. Half beast, half man, said Dionysus. My awareness felt my mouth drop open, but this stupor was beyond hopelessness and reason. What in the world had happened to his poor little mind? So back to my question. Do you speak vine? asked Dionysus. What's vine? The great vine, the way creation flows. You know, the language of the tree of life from which all things grow, said Dionysus. You're talking about growing, but I'm here suffering. Nothing is real, and yet I'm trapped within this nothing. Well, I speak a little vine, but the great vine doesn't use words. It's a language of the eyes, and all you do is gaze into the soul to notice symbols and signs from creatures like birds. There's light within, and sometimes you and I will see it blink. Like I said, creation contains some pain, but I think you and I are the great vine's link, said Dionysus. A link for what? A link is like a story, or it's something like a myth. Let go and float with the current. This is something you go along with, said Dionysus. For what? When and to where? Dionysus, I hate to admit it, but you and I are trapped in hell, and did you say you're a satyr? For peace and soon. Then we'll find the energy of heaven. And yes, my spirit is of nature, 
Now does that answer your questions? said the boy. Aha! A laugh burst out from my belly when the nonsense couldn't be contained any longer. Heaven! Of course that's what a satyr would say. But how about we focus on getting freedom first? We need to get out from this cave. Freedom is the cosmos. Peace is the entire universe at the center of the vine. That link is the story and the way in which we connect the heart with the mind, said Dionysus. I blinked. This insanity was beyond logic because something tragic had occurred to this strange boy long ago. And now whatever the trauma, it was so severe that I seemed to encourage him with every question I asked. The boy was busy picking mud off his hooves when I remembered this was all a dream. That's right. I'm just playing along so he doesn't devour me. That damn beast was still in his body all right, and sometimes I swear I could see a mischievous sparkle twinkling in his eyes. Something about those animal legs makes a man wonder. How long before I actually die? You don't believe me, said Dionysus. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's not just you. I don't believe any of this. He smiled like a lunatic, because this figment of my imagination had disguised the beast in a boy's body to cope with the chaos. All the while he seemed to be keen on observing every expression I made while I took another gander around the cave. The tunnel was more expansive than the rigid jawline we were once pinned in, and there were a few open paths spreading through this new darkness. Still, the boy insisted we enter the darkest tunnel and follow that white bird. Now the boy stomped his hooves and pointed with his fingers, pleading to make way. Oh, how the brain is a trickster, all right. This boy was an illusion, and since I'd created him from my own imagination, I caught myself trying to step out of my body and witness this insane causation. And maybe if I ignore all this, will it just go away? The boy kept staring at me, but I paced in circles because I didn't know the way. I promise I'm not lying. Just wait until the miracle sets us free. That bird knows the way. Can you just try to believe me? Said Dionysus. I need proof, I yelled out. I'm sick of this trap. If you know something I don't, then tell me. I already told you the code is the map, said Dionysus. At once the boy pulled out a flute that was tucked in his baggy pants and held it beside his face. Now the boy played a tune and clicked his little hooves upon the sandy shore. Once I heard the first few notes, I became quite excited to hear more. Utter shock lingered, and this bewilderment wasn't half bad. It was so far out that this cheery melody distracted me from the unsolvable equation, and I forgot I was sad. A hum vibrated through the cavern. It was the most beautiful melody I'd ever heard. Even the water buzzed to the quaint tune before the white bird with the orange beak re-emerged. That song, what is it? Indeed, this was a strange situation and something hit me when a lot of missing puzzle pieces started to fall in place. When we have weird dreams, is that an unconscious way of showing us a path of grace? Maybe this whole illusion gave me some sort of intelligent sign, and had it led me here for a reason, it seemed as if something was starting to align. What if the boy was part of me, like an inner identity from my childhood, and had I unknowingly crafted this whole situation? And that got me thinking to when I was this boy's young age. There I'd grown up across the world on the border of India, Nepal, and Pakistan as I lived near an old sage. He was a guru and a yogi, and I remember the moment I looked in his eyes. It felt as if he had zapped me of something, and without any word spoken, I knew he was wise. I think this sage followed a code of sorts, 
and I remember the old stories of the Bon magicians. I'm talking about stories from 3,800 years before Christ, where these people lived lives based on very ancient traditions. Now these magicians had a word for what was happening. There was a name for these strange coincidences. It was something about synchronicity through reality that connects a set of surreal incidences. What was that word? When the phenomenal world begins to act like a dream, when messages without words appear as if there's a message speaking directly to you, oh, who could explain it when the world is not what it seems? Magic, said Dionysus. It's magic. The boy tucked his flute in his pants and smiled. That's the word you're thinking about. It's called magic, said Dionysus again. Magic? Yes, It's a secret of the Jewish mystical tradition called the Kabbalah, and the Buddhists know it as the energy beyond aggression, and so they know this magic is Drala, said Dionysus. The melody of the flute was long gone, but somehow that white bird had come even closer to greet us for a second time. Even the surface of the water was tickled by the tune, but I was at a loss for words. What's going on? You want the truth, asked Dionysus. Dionysus took a deep breath in before he peeked at the bird, which nodded back at the boy. Well, I thought we might be in her belly, but I'm almost positive we're in her brain. Judging by the way these rocks are set up, I think we've slipped into her noggin and we're locked in. All these rocky walls and caverns are called samskara. They're the grooves and mental formations that have formed impressions over all the years. Now I know what you're thinking. How's the grapevine going to grow down here? See, that's the first problem right there. We got more than enough water, but we need to find some good old soil before we're set free, said Dionysus. What? I blinked in shock. What do you mean? We need to find the good soil, said Dionysus. Please don't continue. I'm not sure if I'll survive this turmoil. And so Dionysus continued. Like I was saying earlier, I've got a good feeling about my great-grandma's code. And I'm certain that this bird knows the way. That's what it's trying to show. And then there's my great father. He used to say that the best thing you can do is the right thing. And the next best thing you can do is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing, said Dionysus. What was he getting at? He winked at me, then nodded to the bird. What was it about that white bird? To follow it or not to follow it? Oh, what the hell? Let's follow the damn bird. Follow the bird, yelled Dionysus. He pulled the flute back to his mouth and played a tune while skipping around the shore. For a moment, I thought the boy turned blue, but of course the delusion shifted when the bird began to open its wings as if it came to dance, and even I let my arms wander to the melody. Oh, it was pure madness, and sometimes the best thing is to let the chaos seep into your system and do what it wants with you. The more I fought it, the more it seemed to drain my energy. And so instead of resisting it, I went with it. Then, without notice, the boy tucked the flute in his pocket and jumped on my back as if I was his personal chariot. Full steam ahead, Captain, cheered the boy named Dionysus. He pointed his wooden flute towards the dark tunnel before the crane descended deeper through the water and into the darkness. Now where are we going? We're going for the code, and the closer we get, the more I'm starting to remember how it goes said Dionysus. Remember what? How it works, because all vines get planted in the dirt. Why else do you think they put us all the way down here? 
And before long, you and I are both going to be smiling at fear. Think about it. Before a seed finds its magic, it gets buried in a dirty place. Look where we are! A grimy place without much extra space, said Dionysus. The water was up to my chest when I noticed a subtle flow pulling us deeper down the dark cavern. Dionysus wrapped his arms around my neck and hung from my back while the current dragged us ahead. This water seemed to be a subtle sign, and another gentle coincidence guiding us into the unknown. Only moments ago the water appeared still, but now a forceful presence pulled us toward that bird ahead. Creation may contain pain, but the pain isn't tragic. If you think that life is suffering, then you should know that the fruit of the grapevine grows from magic, said Dionysus. What's the magic? Before anyone can understand the code, first you've got to see the signs. Just keep an eye on what's happening and watch how our reality aligns, said Dionysus. We entered the darkness and the water rose up to my chin while Dionysus's legs paddled behind me. That's when I realized we were entering into another portal of sorts. Yes, this wild dream had no physical doors, but rather each new setting was a gentle shift in awareness, which appeared to be a reflection of my own consciousness or unconsciousness, which I couldn't quite tell. And this physical world was relative. It changed all the time, but there were subtle clues all around us as something was real about it. I tiptoed as the water reached my chin. So much fear lingered, but somehow the mind wandered back to that strange flute and his gentle song. And then my body bumped into the crane, who stopped us before we entered another room. What is it? The boy reached forward to pet the bird. He got you a present, said Dionysus. I felt Dionysus's hand reach into the bird's beak when he held up a long black snake. It began to slither around my throat where I felt it dangling around my neck. Don't worry, said Dionysus. This snake's a good one. She's here to protect.